0: Hello. in this week's episodes first is visitor where there's a new weird kid in school and he might be an alien then in precipice clark stops lana from being assaulted and gets in trouble when he throws the bad guy through the new sheriff's car and lex's girlfriend's ex shows up and he's still crazy about her this is the smallville chronicles Hello, uh, thank you for joining us again. I'm Lou Gonzalez. Joining me, as always, is Alan Mir.
1: You know, I'm um, me wonders who listens to this, but it, for the but those who do, I love you <laughs> very much. So,
0: um, these are two really good episodes. I would say they're very interesting, especially the second one. The first one, I think, is really cool, and I honestly don't have like a ton to talk about because there's really it's really just an a plot. Like I don't even know. Uh, I guess the little B plot is Dr. Helen is going to move in with Lex and there's like a locked door. But the rest of it's just on Cyrus, who's the new kid in school.
1: Yeah, and this heavily plays off the reper- repercussions of last of the last episode. Yes. Well, actually, both, both these episodes do. Oh, 100%.
0: This is when, I think this is when the show, because this is like towards the very end of the season, when we start to get less and less like Freak of the Week. Um, I believe this is also the first episode where it's referred to as Kryptonite. Because yeah, I, be. I think Pete mentions it and Clark's like it's called Kryptonite. Um, but basically, we start off, we're in the most advanced electronics classroom in all of existence. Yeah. <laughs> like I was watching, and I was like, how does Smallville have this giant warehouse of electronics, which if you remember the episode, um, oh my God, what was the metal shot? The Jonathan Taylor Thomas episode. This is definitely the exact same set.
1: Yeah, but they, they just, I Put mean,
0: electronic stuff.
1: Yeah. Like, and they're also like
0: working with stuff that's like, like, what, pretty dangerous? Dangerous and also like weird. Like, I, I feel like those are experiments you would do in like middle school, but the teacher would do it so the whole class could see. Like, you wouldn't have individual projects like that. And yeah. I only bring this up because like I took electronics in high school when I was a freshman, and it was the mode. Like, we basically had like little kits. And you would just, like, solder them together. They would not let us do much else.
1: But this place is, like, super advanced. We see this new kid, Cyrus, walk in, and then he's just, like... Oh, no, no, he doesn't walk in. He just comes up and starts taking taking things yeah. from different people.
0: He's rude as shit, basically. And then Chloe gives us his backstory. He's a transfer student. Blah, 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 blah. blah and he's weird. Uh, he starts to get... He actually kind of calls it himself because he takes the plug from the table, which happens to be all the bullies...
1: Who start like, and he's like, bro, what are you doing, bro? What the bro?
0: Oh my god, yeah. So Clark intervenes like Clark does. And then Cyrus goes like full fire starter. And basically the wall of tools engulfs in flames.
1: And the kids kind of like run away. And this leads to Clark thinking that Cyrus is from Krypton. Exactly. Um, which I would
0: say from the jump, he's not... We do not see like the... Visualization that they give us for the heat beams. He just looks at the wall and then it lights on fire. Yeah. Um, so this is where we get like I guess like the C story that ends up tying into everything, where Clark is doing his chores by himself. Lana shows up with Whitney's horse, which I never knew until this that the horse that she rides was Whitney's.
1: Yeah. S- same. And,
0: yeah, and basically she's like, "Oh, Whitney's mom can't afford it, and she's gonna sell it." And Clark's like, "Oh, you can keep him here." And she says something about, like, the horse hasn't been doing good, and she brought it to the vet. But basically, now there's an excuse for Lana to show up at the barn all the time now, because that's what they're horses.
1: Yeah, and then we get a scene with Clark and Lex, where Lex finds out that, or Clark finds out that Lex offered to have the horse He boarded at the mansion, yeah. And she just said no. Or, or, and he was, and Lex was offered to do it for free. Exactly. I just, it's actually like a kind of offhanded, good Kind of like not character development, but like
0: story development in the Clark Lana thing, because yeah, it's a very the, throwaway thing.
1: And yeah, and he's specifically the line. I guess she was just waiting for the right off the right offer.
0: Yes, exactly. Which makes sense of why she just rode up to the farm on the horse because she knew that Clark would do
1: it. That and also it's sort of rebuilding their their uh, their Relations- friendship yeah. relationships since the uh, the red kryptonite. Uh, the horrible episode. Yeah. That we, do, we dare not talk,
0: speak about. It was like three or four ago, yes. I think the next thing we see is Lex is playing pool and Helen walks in with a copy of the Metropolis Inquisitor uh, with gold digging Doc Bags billionaire Baldy, which is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, again, like the reason why. So Lex doesn't have his guy at the Inquisitor anymore because he died at the first episode of the season. It's Lex like shocking. I can't remember the guy's name, though. Roger Nixon. Yes, Nixon. I was like, it's not Phelan. Phelan was the cop. Yeah. So like, so he doesn't have that in because he has the other woman at another newspaper that we saw for like an episode.
1: Yeah, the one that was trying to get a uh, an expose on Lex. Exactly. And he in turn offered art and how she was figured. She was sort of she was quote unquote in bed with Lionel.
0: Yes. So basically, this is where. This kind of sets up into the next episode. This is more like set up for the next episode directly. And then so she decides that that day is the day that she's going to move into the mansion. From here, Chloe shows up at the farm and basically gives us more backstory on Cyrus that everybody in Granville thinks he's an alien because he told everybody he was. He he spent some time in a mental institution. Uh, Chloe's willing to believe anything and she doesn't think Cyrus is an alien. And this is, she's like the first character to like, Basically, Clark gives her the question of, like, oh, what if he was? And she's like, oh, wouldn't it be a great story? And she's like, no, it would be really interesting and it would be exciting, but, like, I wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, it's very un Exactly.
0: But I think this also ties into what happens at the end of the episode, which we'll get to when we get there. But Clark goes to visit Cyrus. He has, like, some shed out back that he's doing stuff. And Cyrus is like, oh, you're just here to make
1: fun of me? And he's he says no. He also mentions it, that his uh, his what's the term? what's the proper term foster parents yeah they said he says that they they ignore him because as long as they get their their money from the government
0: yes and then he invites clark in he basically says that he arrived here during the meteor shower in 1989 and that he's trying to send a signal back to his home planet oh yeah chloe also said that the principal confiscated his thing after the fire
1: because that ties in Heavily ties into the end of the episode. Yes,
0: um, but basically they have a conversation about stuff, and he says like he had these dreams about these coordinates
1: and like all this other stuff. He also drew had drew a picture of. He also has or has these pictures that he he drew. Yes, that look like Clark's spaceship.
0: Because I think I don't remember if Clark finds them now or if he shows back up and he sees them later. Because we come back to this, it doesn't really make a difference. But basically there's a lot of hints that he has some sort of knowledge possibly of Krypton. And then we. Um, he also says that he has like weird dreams and he wakes up in strange places. Then you know, we go to Martha's in the storm cellar looking at Clark's ship and Jonathan is like, you know, everything's going to
1: be okay. Um, and, she, and Martha wants to go to Dr. Bryce to find out more, but Jonathan doesn't want her to. Yes, because
0: basically since Bryce already knows that something's up with Clark and she was there when Martha rose from the dead yeah
1: yeah with the light of Jesus
0: yeah but this is another one of those like tying into the future like foreshadowing because it comes back in a, I think like a couple scenes so then we have Lex showing up at the Talon Clark is reading I can't oh, uh, the book is uh, Identity Crisis is the book that he's reading did you Which, notice that yeah uh, I was actually wondering, like, did that come out already at
1: the time? No, of the it, show? It, it, it was, I think marketing for it would have, like, it would have been announced at the time, but it yeah, because I was, saying, came, I don't, I think it it's just out, said, it came out the following year.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I think it's more of just them using the word crisis, and it was just more of a like happenstance that the book is called that. Like, I think they chose it just so that it said the word crisis as the time, which is like one of those words that DC loves. Um, this is where he tells Clark about the Lana thing. And then Clark asks him about, or tells him kind of about the friend, and Lex basically is like, oh, you could have said all that stuff about me. And then I believe, oh yeah, Clark goes home, and his dad has just unloaded Tyson from a trailer, and then the horse collapsed, and Lana's like freaking out, and Cyrus shows up and basically screams at Clark
1: because Chloe. Yeah, yeah, because... Chloe did Chloe. Yeah, and that, or that, and... He Clark said he won, tell anyone one, and said so the card betrayed him. And he go and he does a miracle act, a Jesus act, yeah, this, to Tyson.
0: Now, this reminded me of a movie that I don't remember. Let me look it up. It's a movie that I don't like talking about because, um, the person who wrote it is a piece of garbage. Um, oh my god, I just forgot the name. Uh, it's the one where the kid has like healing powers. Oh, powder. Have you ever seen that movie? You should not at this point. Because I believe the guy that wrote it... Is is, pedophile? Yes. Uh, Yeah, it came out like years before. But it has very similar... He has like the effects and stuff and the powers are very similar to that character. Even the scene like with the horse, I think in the movie there's like a deer. But yeah, I was getting... I wonder if it was influential in like the design. Which all the stuff about the writer... I think it was the writer. um, I don't think came out till after, like way after that. Uh, way after the show, but yeah, he clear, he heals Tyson. The next day, Clark tells his parents that he thinks that Cyrus is from Krypton, and they're basically like, "Well, everything that you've said, he could have like learned through like looking stuff up, like, including the coordinates and stuff like
1: that." Also, they bring up he, or Jonathan brings up he doesn't have super strength,
0: he doesn't Clark. have super
1: speed. Yeah, and he and Clark tries to defend it by saying maybe he hasn't or he's he mentions how his powers came different like didn't come until a certain age or a certain time yeah he also
0: says he also never met anyone else from the planet so he don't know if like my powers would be the same in every single person but yeah they basically are like oh like we definitely don't think it which is kind of sort of confirmed when clark goes to school and Chloe basically tells him that the fire marshals figured out how the fire happened. And yeah, was it, was, a, it
1: was it, it was a magic trick, basically. Yeah.
0: So he had pre-planted magnesium powder with like electrical fuse and had to trigger in
1: his hand, which Chloe does, and then puts out the fire with like a squirt gun, or like a squirt bottle. I was about to say because if he said a squirt gun, this reminded me. This is this is gonna be off topic, but did you ever see? Have you ever seen? My name is Earl. Uh, a handful of episodes. Did you ever see the? episode that bar Reynolds was in no okay so he's it's just uh he was perhaps the biggest he was like the big got the big like the richest guy in town and he owned he he has pretty much he pretty much had a monopoly over the over the, the area
0: no so he was kind of like doing his boss hog from when he was in
1: um Deuce hazard yes well no except well sort of but if boss hog was a pervert, drug addict, or basically someone who was transplanted from the seven or transported from the seventies to now. Yeah, so it's more like his character from striptease. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to, at the sh- at he would pull a gun. He had guns, except one gun was a. Uh, was he had different guns for different purposes? One was for. Was one was for lighting up cigars. One was for uh. One was one had liquor in it. So like it was a, like when he would shoot it, uh, tequila or something would shoot out of it. Then another one was an actual gun. So they're at they're at the so Earl and Randy are at the funeral and they're talking about how how bad it is that he passed away. And they just it's just a story line. It's a shame that he that he had, he chose wrong. He all he was he was trying to. All he was trying to do was uh sh- do a shot or do shots, but he accidentally shot him, sh- shot himself in the head. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man! God, I missed that show. It was a good show, though. All of the episodes I watched, I'm just not
0: like. Uh, it's just hard. There's so much TV nowadays.
1: They actually had he have the same like the same guy or the same creator, also did Raising Hope.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Those shows are kind of similar in like look.
1: Yeah, and he actually had, they, they actually had a joke or a, a gag in it where, uh, I'm forgetting, I'm getting, playing Garrett Delahunt from Fear the Walking Dead. He, uh, he, he, they, they, there's an episode where they go to L.A. and he asks to a bunch of executives, or executives, which one of you is from NBC. And the guy raises his hand, gets kicked in the nuts and said, and and Bert goes, that's for canceling my name is Earl. And the executive says, (laughs) that was, that was, I love that show. That or I didn't cancel it. That was four executives ago. No, (laughs) God.
0: Oh man. We can get back to the original two pastor, because it kind of ties into the next scene, which is Martha goes to the hospital. She meets with Dr. Bryce. He's basically like, I don't want you to tell anybody. And she's like, oh, I won't tell Lex. And she's like, No, I mean Jonathan. Yeah. And they cut away before anything is revealed. Um, Clark goes to visit Cyrus after school, and he finds Lex in the shed. Lex wants to meet him too. He believes that the meteor shower would have been a perfect cover for an alien spaceship. And they, this is where they find the the sketches of Clark's ship. Lex yeah. leaves, and Cyrus comes out like from hiding and says that Clark tells him he believes him. Cyrus is like, I don't trust that guy. And Cyrus brings uh, shows him the tower, which I'm guessing this is somewhere deep in the woods. It's like a gigantic tower. Like, it looks like it's like three to four stories tall.
1: Yeah, it's high enough to where someone could die from it, from falling off of it.
0: Yes, and he's only been in Spawnville for a couple of weeks, and I think they said before he was using Granville. Yeah. Which was something I meant to look up to see if that was, uh like a city anybody else is from. But I guess this must be somewhere in between for him to have built this, because he couldn't have built it in a couple of weeks. This is like a gigantic structure. But basically shows him that and tells him that I believe this is like when we get the information where, you know, on a day coming up or tonight that this is the only time he has to be there for the signal. And then his parents are going to come and pick him up, but he needs the transmitter back on the principal.
1: Yeah. So him, he goes back to, the, he. we cut to him leaving the school and he, two cars, but you guessed it, the bullies show yeah. up and I think Clark, did Clark go with him or did Clark just go up? No, they were together. Okay. And Clark, to prevent anyone from getting hurt, uses Z-Vision on the, uh, on Bully bully Prime, uh, his car, which explodes, even though that can happen. So another, another fatality for the car people. Yep. And he finds, and uh, Cyrus says, you're like me. And Clark, you can just tell he's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that.
0: Well, yes and no. Because he basically says, like, when he talks to Pete, which is, like, the next scene, he's like, what should I have done? Like, super sped and peeked them all up. Yeah. And basically says, like, oh, look, the, the coordinates for, like, Krypton's, like, very close to where he was looking. And Pete's like, well, he could have, like, there's a lot of information about the meteors, so he could figure that out on his phone. This is when Lana shows up and tells them that Child Protective Services have taken Cyrus. Because his foster parents say they can't handle him anymore. Yeah. And then Clark immediately goes to see him. So we're in the hospital. He basically rips Cyrus out. And Cyrus invites him to join him. And Clark says he would rather stay on Earth. This is where everybody he loves is.
1: And Cyrus says some... Basically speaks as if he's an alien.
0: Yes. Then we get, like, the little tiny bee pot... Where Helen can go anywhere, but there's one locked room with the mansion. She can't go. She's and, annoyed.
1: And this, one of the guards catches she, her. Mm-hmm.
0: She's trying to find a solarium. I don't really know what that is, because I'm not that rich.
1: And she mentions that Lex gave her a, max, a master key, or a skeleton key or something.
0: Yeah, she like holds up like a key ring that looks like it's sort from of like the
1: 1800s. <laughs> well, that, that, the, the mansion is, looks... Like it's from that that era.
0: Well, when we reveal several seasons down the road, it is actually a castle, isn't it? Yeah. So from here, Chloe shows up at the loft. She's already at the loft when Clark shows up and says, Cyrus has gone missing. Wouldn't know anything about that. And drops the info that John and Maggie Burnett and their son, William, have been missing since the day of the meteor shower. They're presumed dead. Uh, Their house was destroyed, but no remains are found. And then Cyrus was found uh, half a mile away. By an
1: elderly couple, which is a nod to.
0: The original origin Superman, correct? Yeah.
1: Because yeah, the, in the, the original, uh, original,
0: I, original one, the Kents are like really old, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're like Uncle Ben and MA uh, from like Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies. They're, yeah, that they age.
0: Would, they'd be like in their 70s? Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: he said earlier that like they, they died and
0: then that's why he went into the foster system. And he's been trying to get back to Smallville ever since. So Clark takes his, like, information and goes and finds Cyrus. And I believe at first he's like, oh, like, you're not, like, he's basically like, your parents are dead. They're not coming. Like, you try, he tries to give him the real information, but then the bullies show up. I'm trying to think. No, wait, there's, like, a weird order. Okay. No, Cyrus is at the thing. Then the bullies show up. There's an energy beam somehow shoots out of this thing that Cyrus built, which is...
1: Which predates which predates uh all the Marvel movies where there's or predates Avengers One, Suicide but, Squad.
0: But my thought is like, one, what is powering this tower? And two, if he's able to create this energy beam, shouldn't somebody like be able to deconstruct this and use this technology for something? Like I guess I like after we finish up, like I have a lot of questions about what this tower is
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and how he made it. But um the bullies hook up like he's up in the tower in some like weird spot, like in the upper middle, but he's not at the top. He's like, he's in like the, like the, if broke into thirds, he's in like, not the middle, but kind of above the middle. I don't know. Yeah. um And they hook up a chain to the truck. The lead bullies in front of the truck while the other ones are in the truck and they're trying to pull it down. Clark shows up. He starts pulling it the other way where. And
1: directly kills someone.
0: Yeah. The chain snaps. And so when it snapped, I was like, oh. Like, if that happens, like, someone should be, like, cut in half or something, because, like, there's so much tension. I was like, oh, that one kid should be, like, destroyed, because he's right next to it. Because in tons of movies, if you see, like, a wire like that come down, like, someone gets cut in half. Like, I always think of uh, the third Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance.
1: I actually, th- when I when I think of something like that, it mainly makes me think about Ghost Ship. Oh, okay. The opening scene where the uh, wire, that gore fest in the beginning. hmm where, like, pretty much everyone dies in the span of five seconds? Why don't, guess, they just re- why don't they remake that for once? Why don't they <laughs> remake movies that failed?
0: Yeah, I guess because they failed. They do it sometimes. So, Clark... Runs I mean, it.
1: the Big Bang Theory's been on for 12 fucking years.
0: Well, it's, it's over now, isn't it?
1: It's still going.
0: Uh, I thought they finished it already. Because it's the last season.
1: No, I mean, like, it's not going to be done until, like, the end of the year. Oh, I know.
0: watch that show. It bothers me.
1: There was like one joke on one episode I heard. And I was like, I hate this show. There was a joke uh, uh, where, like, they have a uh, running gag on there where a running thing or running thing where they all like the they they all love the Flash, and Sheldon it gets hallucinates something or has a dream bed or dream has a nightmare or something where he's at the where the the university they they work at, and. He sees he meets the Flash, and he makes he says something about that he's a Marvel fan.
0: <sighs> oh my god! Did the Flash says he's a Marvel fan or Sheldon?
1: Uh, I think it's he makes. I think he says he mentioned something about having stock in Marvel. Oh, uh,
0: well, because they had Stan Lee on the show.
1: They had Leonard Nimoy on the show. They had they had everybody. They had Waz.
0: Uh, the one joke that bothered me was something about, like, they were trying to say, oh, in the comic books what would be, like, the worst job? And the last one they ended on was, like, Brain's proctologist. I think it was either Wolverine or the Hulk. And I was like, they wouldn't need one. They have a healing factor, they don't need doctors. But we can, we're almost done with this first episode. Because there's a couple things I would really like to get into on this. So basically,
1: oh, uh, gosh, I, bef- wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. The Big Bang Theory is not a show to laugh with, it's a show to laugh at.
0: Oh, my favorite thing, if anybody wants to watch, there is a YouTube video of an episode where they remove the laugh track, and then that yeah. shows you the terrible, terrible that, jokes of the show.
1: Yeah, how bad the writing is.
0: Yeah, it's horrible.
1: Okay, back to the episode.
0: So, um, Clark looks, our main bully, I don't. Uh, Kyle, uh, definitely had his neck broken. He's straight up, like, I guess about to die. Clark convinces Cyrus to heal Kyle. Probably doesn't deserve to live because they were trying to kill Kyle.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: like there's no evidence that... Because basically, if the cops showed up, which they do end up showing up, they would actually say that, like, he died accidentally of his own fault, and the kids in the truck would be the ones going to jail. Yep. Because Kyle's... Or, uh, not Kyle. Cyrus was up in the thing. So, like, no one... The only reason to save him is because Clark unintentionally killed him while trying to save the tower.
1: Also, Cyrus falls off... Ends up falling off, and Clark catches him. Which I think that the uh, guys in the truck would have should, would have seen.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's also like a ton of light and their buddy just died.
1: Yeah, they could be going through like the, oh my god, my bro, my bro, my bro.
0: Also, like, they kind of killed him, so.
1: Yeah, like, hey, let's blame it on that, that guy.
0: Yeah, so Clark convinces Cyrus to heal him. He heals him. And yeah. then basically it's
1: like. You hear a neck, his or you see his neck, or his, uh, he sort of turtles. Yeah, his, his like, neck
0: unbreaks. It's really <laughs>
1: weird. <laughs> it um, makes no sense. Like, that, that, um, oh my God. Nah.
0: Um, and then Kyle basically looks up because there's like this light that's been going, shining down. And, and you he's think like, it's,
1: you think it's a spaceship.
0: And he basically has like a, a mental breakdown in that moment. And just like, literally, like, Clark is holding him and he just kind of, like, I missed my chance. I missed my chance. I miss my chance. And it's just gone. Like, he and just, like, you... lays down
1: yeah and then you end up the, the sound ends up clearing up, and you hear propeller blades.
0: yeah, it's a police chopper,
1: yeah asking or saying that that uh, help is on the way
0: yeah, because there' was a gigantic beam of light shooting in the sky. yeah um, so the next day, Clark's parents are trying to console him. saying yeah, yeah. everybody believes that Cyrus is virtually brain dead. like I don't know like he just had like a psychotic break where he's, his mind is destroyed So Clark made this kid save a bully and in doing so basically killed an innocent kid. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you think about what happened, so Clark trying to save him accidentally kills the bully, then forces the kid to leave what he was doing, which I guess he might've had this happen anyway, because when his parent, when like aliens don't show up to pick him up, he might've had a mental break. But because Clark basically guilts him into healing his tormentor, and absolving Clark of murder, or at least, like, kind of manslaughter, causes that kid to basically mentally die.
1: Well, like, it, can, it, can, it, can, it can be argued that, like, he, uh, didn't hit his nosebleed when he, when he, uh, healed Tyson?
0: I don't remember his nose bleeding, but that would be... Or,
1: he nearly passed, he nearly passed out. And, one, it could, it can be argued that...
0: Oh, uh, his powers wiped him out from seeing Yeah. But still, then Clark basically has him kill himself to save like a horrible person who Clark was involved in that guy's death. It's not the only point I'm making. So like it's like a very convenient and like narrative-wise, horrible way to like resolve the issues of the episode of somebody else knowing Clark's Secret. And also having somebody around that has like super healing powers.
1: Yeah. Reminds me of the uh joke or the the, the joke the uh bit that pan Oswald did what of like what if like what if jesus joins join the x-men <laughs> and he's like and there and he just ends up they end up sending saying hey just go to the event just join the avengers man they uh i mean they'll let anyone in they got a guy with a bow and arrow
0: <laughs> that's true for like most super teams uh, we have like two more scenes in this first episode so i'm gonna use i'm gonna go to the last scene first so basically alana shows up at the loft similar man. to Clark saying this stuff about... To Chloe, Clark does the same thing to Lana about, like, the alien thing. And she said that she would be a little freaked out, but would she blame her? Um, but the other part before this, I think, is real interesting, especially I have a list of what's in the room. So, Lex lets Helen into the locked room, which is the... Wait, wait.
1: She mentioned something that will probably have... that. While, while it won't have ramification, we won't see it. We will. It has to happen. She said that whatever cyrus did to tyson was temporary so does this mean that the bully's neck is going to eventually just go back to broken
0: oh i thought she said like he was like a cult again that it wasn't temporary i don't remember i'd have to rewatch it with the captions on um yeah i don't know that would be hilarious though he's just like well can you just go, like crack if he's <laughs> dead again Does that even makes that situation Not like
1: this it says up being Avengers okay. assembled. But that Hawk, makes that situation dies. even
0: worse because then Cyrus literally dies, like mentally dies for nothing. Yeah. Oh, man. But the, uh, so, Flex oh, yeah. shows Helen the room and she's with, like,
1: With the cost The uh, Porsche?
0: The Porsche, and there's a bunch of stuff. And then she goes, Oh, there's a lot of stuff about the Kents. So, what is in the room is drawings from the Kawachi Caves, the car, the computer simulation from like episode three or four. That Nixon made, Meteor rocks, a dead parasite from the episode we won't mention, pictures the, of the disc.
1: And also, also, there's a picture of Clark's family tree that he, or his assignment that he was writing the Klingon, the, not Klingon. I don't <laughs> fucking think it's Star Trek guy that got Star Trek on the brain. Kryptonian. The Kryptonian uh, symbols.
0: Yep. There's also apparently a Nicodemus flower and then information on Clark and the Kents.
1: Yeah, and he says, when Dr. Bryce says, there, seem, or, there seems to be a lot of stuff in here about the Kents, and Lux just answers about their, interest, their uh, interesting family.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, like, the most foreshadowing part of the episode. I think this would have been a better thing to end the episode on than the other yeah. part, which is why I wanted to talk about them in rose. And I I don't really have much else to say on this episode except for, like, I don't understand the tower. Like the tower thing is like yeah. the most narrative wise makes no sense of how and why. And like, what does it actually do? Cause it does shoot off a beam of energy. Like when it th- the amount of energy it would take to do that would shut the whole town down. So like, what did he build? Yeah. And a giant flashlight. Cause like, <laughs> like what is it? And they just like brushed off. Like, when it, like, I feel like I was like, Oh, this would be like, if I was writing, it's like, like should come at the end of the episode and like look at it and be like, all right, I want you, like all my best men, to go over this and see what the hell this thing is, <laughs> yeah,
1: and see how we can benefit from it. Yeah,
0: turn it into a goddamn weapon of some sort. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This was it wasn't. It was a good episode, like to to deal with like following the last ones to kind of see where Clark is at mentally, and there's a lot of foreshadowing involved. But it was a pretty good episode, I would say. It's like a, I would
1: give this a B. I'd actually give it a B plus. Yeah. Because I've kind of... I can relate to the whole being an outcast you. Like, I had a stage in middle middle school and high school where... And it's not just me. that it's It tends to be something that a lot of people like. Like There's a... Uh, did you ever see the Kurt Cobain documentary about a son?
0: Hey, Kurt Cobain's son?
1: Yes. No, no. Kurt Co- Cobain... It was Kurt Cobain colon about a son. Hey, it was... Yeah, it was sort of like it was done it, it there was it It serves mainly as a like different parts of like his childhood growing up among other things and i'll 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 send you a uh, link to what, I'm ta- to what i'm trying to get at after all right after this but there's a scene or there's a part in like in in like where he says like it's Technically, it's really it's mainly just not, you don't you don't see Kurt Cobain at all. You just see it's one of those things where they they just they needed something they needed visuals, so they just shot uh, in across like different areas in like from Aberdeen, and they used audio interview st- stuff that was never used. And he mentions that he, for a while he thought that he was he was he wished that he was from another planet or they felt like he was on the from another planet and where and he wished that he that his, his real parents would come and find him take him home it's pretty interesting
0: yeah interesting um i guess i don't really know if we need to do like a mvp lvp for this episode because
1: the only there's no really no no one that was i mean the actors playing the bullies were kind of not but they're doing their they're doing
0: their job.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. Like the characters but, suck, but like that's that's what they were cliche bullies, bully jocks.
0: Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't think anybody necessarily does like an awesome job. Like, I actually would say maybe the person who does like has like a good interesting scene is uh, Annette O'Toole.
1: With I the, think her, uh, with I the think experience. both
0: of her scenes are pretty good. Yeah, but I want to say like nothing was. Stellar, which I think is like why this is like a B to me. Like no one kind of raised the level. Which in the next episode, um, which we can segue into is a completely different story.
1: Yes, that it so is.
0: This episode is bonkers. Precipice. So it's yeah, the episode is precipice, so this is episode nineteen of season two. Um this episode starts a real interesting. Basically. And speaking <laughs>
1: of Star Trek, the yep. g- main guest the big guest star is well, it wasn't big at like big guest star at the time. Oh, no, this is like
0: way before they were famous.
1: Yeah, it's Anson Mount, also known as Black Bolt, also known as whatever the hell he was on Hell on Wheels. And and and, and Chris, Cap- Captain Christopher Pike in the upcoming season of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So this episode starts, though, really
0: weird. So we're at the Talon. Lana asks these three frat Are- guys. Well,
1: they don't look like frat guys. They look
0: no. One of them is literally wearing a t-shirt with a
1: fraternity like thing on it. Yeah, these uh, day Um,
0: I wouldn't even. Uh, I think that's being too nice. Based on what happens, um, But we see Doctor Bryce is there, she's um, complaining about Lex who stood her up. There's like a she looks over and there's like a, a dude reading a newspaper. And then after talking to Lana, she looks over and then that person is gone. She leaves, and it's just Lana and these three dudes who then, like, start yelling at Lana. The one guy, Andy, gets up and then tries to hit on Lana in a very gross and aggressive way and then throws her into a uh, shelf with a bunch of stuff which breaks completely. All the stuff comes crashing down. And then this is when Clark shows up because she hits an alarm, and that's it. Then he throws her against the thing. Clark arrives and tells them the cops are on their way. They go through the back door, which I was like, why are they going through the back? Like, they like go, they're they like leaving through the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and then Clark meets them out back, which they're like, what the hell's going on? And then the first guy, the main guy goes up to Clark and he just shoves him. basically Clark shoves him. Then the other two guys go at Clark and then he like throws them against the fence. And then the main guy swings at Clark. He catches his hand and starts crushing it. And then like super judo tosses him like, 20 feet, and then he lands crashing into the windshield of a cop car.
1: Who just happened and Well, not a cop car, a sheriff car.
0: Sheriff car. And then he turns to leave, and Lana's standing behind him. And then the, 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 the trooper gets out, ends up being... We get introduced to our new sheriff, sheriff of the town, Yeah, Sheriff Nancy Adams, who will be in the show for a couple seasons. Um, and when she came on, I was like, oh, I remember this character, because she starts off being, like, horrible, and then ends up being, like, a really good cop. Yeah. She's just very by the book, which comes into play a lot in this episode.
1: Also, uh, tends to notice what she, Ethan and, and everyone else didn't. She was, she was like the real, like, per, the only person who seemed to notice that that every time something happens, Clark is there.
0: Yes. Because she also brings up the fact that he, like, has a hero complex. Yeah. So we cut back into Inside the Talon. Uh, Sheriff's talking to Clark about it. He kind of's like, oh, you need a par- are you the new sheriff. And she's like, don't talk unless I tell you to talk.
1: Yeah, it was funny seeing him get... Bossed
0: around like that. She's very, like, no-nonsense. And then you think that she's going to say something nasty. And then she actually turns to and like, this is a damn fine cappuccino.
1: Oh, uh, no, she said, you uh, you lied. And she thinks that... And Lana thinks she's talking about... She, Lana lying about Clark. Like, not seeing Clark do anything. And she just says, yeah, this is a... This is a damn. She does. She just simply said does pulls a coop from uh, Twin Peaks. Damn fine coffee.
0: Yep. So we go to the Kent's house. Well, she does mention, like you said, that Clark took on three guys there, all beat up, and Clark has not a scratch on him. We go to the Kent's house, and we have Clark, Jonathan, Martha, and the new sheriff, Nancy or Sheriff Adams, and basically decides not to charge him with a misdemeanor battery which would be a fine of $1,500 if Clark does 40 hours of community service. And then at the medical center, Dr. Rice is there. She's surprised to find flower, her favorite flowers on her desk. And then this is when her ex shows up, Paul Hayden, and he takes credit. This is our guest star of the episode, Anted Mount. Yeah. And while they're talking, Lex walks in and they he basically leaves and kind of says that, oh, we're more than just friends. We dated back in med school for a little while. And then Lex says that he has to break his lunch date with Helen. And Paul offers to fill in, but Helen gets a call to go to the patient. And Lex and Paul have, like, a stare down for a second.
1: Okay, so I'm on uh, IMDb. I just hope that
0: Darnold Sorry, my phone just went off.
1: Um, I'm on IMDb, and then the episodes were not... I don't want to talk about. They're, they have... Like, out of of, like, and on a 20 point scale, they're in the early to hot upper eights. Yeah. My God. That's not low enough.
0: All right. So, to get back here, so Chloe shows up at the town with Pete and Clark. They're giving him a hard time at the community service. Sheriff Adams walks out of the town at the same time. Lada is upset because the sheriff doesn't believe her, doesn't believe, not that she doesn't believe her, doesn't believe she has a case because it's a case because it's, he said, she said, but he also has two friends Um, and then Lana asked Clark how he was able to stop three guys and Clark's basically like they were drunk and he was highly motivated and Lana's really upset but it's, she says like, she's not upset, she's upset about what happened more upset that if Clark didn't show up, she doesn't know what would have happened and she couldn't defend herself and then we cut to later on, Lex goes to say hello to her and she drops a dish because she's surprised. And Lex gives her like a kind of pep talk or not pep talk, like a kind of like how he was like picked on at school and he learned to fight from his driver, which comes into play in the dumbest way at the end of this episode. Yeah. So the Kents receive a notice that the douchey guy is going to sue them.
1: For a million dollars.
0: Yep. Because there's like a, the guy has a severe neck injury
1: uh, claiming, that, claiming that he'll never be able to work again. Yeah, a, bu- a bunch of ridiculous stuff that
0: happens all the time in these type of lawsuits.
1: Yeah, like to quote uh, uh, Suburban Commando starring Hulk Hogan. Yes. What are you going to do? Are you going to fight me? What are, you, what are you talking about? This is the 90s. We're going to sue you.
0: <laughs> so we cut to medical center at night. Uh, Dr. Bryce is finished her day, but her car won't start. To a dark parking lot. She calls Lex. He says he's on his way from the Talon. This is when Paul shows up looking for his cell phone officer a ride home. Lex shows up and accuses Paul of stalking Helen. As suspects, he tampered with the car because I think he says something to him like she put like sugar in her gas tank or something. And he has so then we follow Paul back to his hotel and then we see meet Jim Lex's henchman. We call Lex and say he's back at the hotel and then we cut inside to a and
1: interest- <laughs> he says he's talking to. Helen, as if she's there, and then just headbutts uh, the uh, the glass mirror,
0: like hard as hell. Like he smashes his head into it,
1: and you you can you see the blood drips, or the blood, uh, all the the many blood lines going down. And yeah, the see, mirror. Yeah, and then you see his face, and he said that Lex did it.
0: Yep, I think we like directly cut to here to. Helen is running around the ER, and she sees Paul, and Paul basically whispers to her that Lex did this, and Helen confronts Lex about it. Uh, as the sheriff is taking Paul's statement, Lex thinks that Paul is unhinged that he did it to himself, which he did, and he asks uh, Helen, basically, why did you break up with, like, who broke up with who, and she says, I did, says why, it's like, oh, his, one of his ex-girlfriends said that he beat her up, and I wasn't going to wait around. The sheriff goes to talk to Lex, and Lex is basically, no, I didn't do anything, like, I'm not involved in this, I didn't have anybody, and she's like, you know, you're not going to, you can't just, like, do it you want, and stuff like that. And he's basically, like, you know, if you had anything, you'd say something, but maybe you should do your job and, like, find out the real truth. This guy's yeah. been, like, stalking her.
1: Also, the whole, you're not, you're, you, you, do, do you think you're really above the law? Which... Uh, the sheriff says to Lex and Lex decides to take, th- take things into his own hands.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then, so we cut to the next day. Clark is doing his community service. Lex offers his some coffee and Clark basically complains about the lawsuit and kind of shows how their situations are similar. He's like, yeah, both of them trying to do the right thing and then somebody's like destroying the world because of it. Yeah. And then Clark sees Andy across the street He goes to apologize to him. And basically, the guy says, "You know, if you break the restraining order again, uh, you'll face further legal actions." And I'll see you in court. And then jumps into the car with his friends, who hand him a beer, I believe, in the back seat. Yeah. And then car X-ray and sees that he takes the X-ray off, the ne- ne- neck, the neck brace off, and they start like driving
1: around. No, that class, that shitty song. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And then that evening, Chloe comes to the loft, and Clark asks her to help uh, prove that Andy is faking his injuries. They try to come up with a plan, and Clark reveals that he's not happy that Lana is learning to defend herself. I yeah, think, yeah, one of these, there's like a cutscene to Lex helping Lana punch and kickbox skills that she'll use later in a terrible way.
1: <laughs> well, she actually, did you ever end up listening to the commentary of uh, Rosetta? No, I did not. I have not yet. She can actually she actually does know how to kickbox.
0: Okay, cuz her kick was pretty good.
1: Yeah. And this was before and this is before this episode, so Yeah, so she can definitely handle herself. So, and
0: then so Chloe basically is like, "Oh, is it because like, you know, basically this is kind of funny in 2019 is that Clark's basically like, I don't want her to like get overconfident and put herself in a situation. And Chloe's like, is that it? Or are you like...
1: <laughs> oh, man, how the money have fallen.
0: Yeah, and Chloe basically is like, are you just mad that you can't, you can't, can't save her? And Clark's like, no. Like, it's more like I don't want her to like put herself into something, which is exactly what she ends up doing. Um, but this is like a perfect definition, I feel like, of kind of like mansplaining. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny to watch in 2019 because Clark is like almost annoyed at Chloe's like, insinuation, and, like, don't you get what I'm trying to say here? But, um, so Clark is with Bana to Talon, and basically is talking to her, like, trying to prove it, and she's like, well, maybe I can figure it out, and the truth will surface without getting, like, Clark and Andy, like, Clark to get in more trouble. The next thing we go to is the kind of, like, horror movie trope, I believe. So this is when... Like, the hospital is super dark. Helen goes into a room looking for a doctor, and Paul is in there. And basically, it's like, I love you. Take me back. And he tries to kiss her. She tries to run away. He blocks the exit. Her phone rings. Paul lets her answer it. It's Lex. And she basically, in the least subtle way possible, kind of tells him something's wrong where she is. Um, Paul gets the, the guesses that she was talking to Lex and then beats the crap out of her. Yeah, and she's left bloody, which is... that's That was that was bold. She's, like, really... Because like, they basically say that she's, like, fighting for her life. Yeah. Uh, so there's, like, a possible rape scene in the beginning of this episode, and then a man beating a woman almost to death.
1: Okay, I have to see who wrote this episode. <laughs> it is Clint Carpenter. I have no and, idea who that is.
0: Yeah, you can click his name. So this is the only episode he wrote. He wrote a bunch of the comics for the show, like the season eleven comics. Oh man, now I don't t- want. Now I don't want to read them. He wrote issues one through eight. Uh Or, like co-wrote because it's like multiple people. I'm not saying, but like they're not. I do think they're interesting takes and they're interesting ideas for like the characters to deal with because it sets up for both Clark and Lex these kind of situations of like one, what happens if you take the stuff into your own hands? Two, for especially Lana, like, how do you recover from this, like, thing? It's, it is interesting, like, how they handle it. I don't think it's handled terribly. It's just weird that they're, both things happen in the same episode to two different female characters. So, but shows up. He sees, like, bloody footprints, uh, followed by the, a doctor and a nurse. He finds Helen conscience, but the doctor acts quickly, even though he tells the nurse, like, get somebody down here, stat, and she, like, hesitates, and then he, like, yells at her again. And I was actually wondering if that was, like, an accidental, like, the nurse, if the character was supposed to do it on the first time and the actress didn't do it. Because it's so weird that, like, she doesn't react at first. But they take her to surgery. Clark arrives to ask about the doctor. And then he sees, like, Zoom out the parking lot. And Sheriff Adams basically tells him not to get involved. But he overhears her saying that they are looking, they're trying to get a warrant into Hayden's motel room. Paul's motel room. Uh, before, oh, I missed one part, before as Sheriff Adams uh, apologizes to Lex for, like, the whole situation, says that they are trying to apprehend him and that he shouldn't get involved in the investigation, and Lex is furious about the whole situation, and he also cannot reach his guy. Clark super speeds to the motel, uses his X-ray vision, and sees Lex climbing through the window and confronts him inside. Now, from here, they are looking around the room. We see the broken mirror. Lex tries to call this guy, and they hear the phone. And then they go into the bathroom, and he is super dead. Yeah, he's like really dead. Like they make up the crap out of that guy. Like he's like, I feel like he was like blue, and he was bloody. Um, uh, but
1: it's funny I bring up the whole Marvel thing because the actor who plays um who's, who plays Andy, he's done a ton of like nerd stuff, like Fringe. Um, Dynasty Warriors, Sanctuary, Stargate, Inuyasha.
0: Oh, he's in World of Warcraft, Planet War of the Planet of the
1: Apes. Yeah, he's all, He also reappears later in uh, Small on, on Smallville as a different character.
0: Oh, yeah, they did a lot.
1: He does a lot of voiceover work. I'm looking at. Yeah, he did. He he voiced uh Justin Hammer in the Iron Man TV series or the animated series from like 2008. Or during the last uh, few, last season? Yep. He's been in Altered Carbon.
0: He voices a couple of characters in like Mega Man and Ninjago. Hey, he's made quite the career for himself. Yeah. So, oh, at this point, so his, the guy in the bathroom's third is cut. They realize that Paul must be driving that guy's car. Clark hears the cops show up. Lex takes that guy, takes his guy's gun, and they leave. Lexi uses low jack system to find out that the car is at a train station. If you watch the CW shows, Alan was telling me this train station
1: were familiar. Yep, from Arrow to be specific. I think Flash
0: has been there too.
1: Yeah. For Flash or with Flash, it was the episode the first uh, the first appearance of Captain Le- Leonard Snart, Captain Gold. Uh, also the season two with uh Dr. Light. Also, season two with when he when I believe he's when him and Patty's break up. Also, season one with uh, Felicity, and on Arrow, it was in the the Brave and the Bold episode or crossover with Flash during season one.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the steps that are used all the time that are in Vancouver. Yeah, the trains may have changed, but but it's still the same station. Yeah. So from here we go to this train station. Lex sees Paul, chases after him, pulls a gun on him, and then Paul's like, "Oh, you can't just shoot me!" And then Lex throws yeah. him a and gun.
1: The, the best, yeah, the, yeah, best part. Well, nothing's they can't, can't. Well, not if it's self-defense.
0: He just tosses it and he just like up oh, and catches it and it's like uh, oh, fingerprints.
1: Yeah, and then <laughs> tries to shoot him and it's, like he fires three times and, the, and he and Lex is like, "Oh, I must have forgotten to load it." Yep. God, Which, I love Rosenbaum. The
0: thing that's funny here, though, is that like before Lex can shoot him, like Hayden just like attacks him and just, like takes him to the ground. So like Lex could have shot him there and just doesn't. Like getting out, like how they move from the situation to the next is like so goofy. Yeah. So, but Paul gets away. Uh, Lex starts chasing him down. Uh, they go into an empty train car. They're in like the dining car because there's like a kitchen. Um, Lex makes his way all the way to the back. Hayden comes out of the shadows and hits him. Crime pan. They start fighting. all
1: yeah up. Yeah, Paul Hayden gets up and
0: and right when he's gonna shoot him,
1: no, oh, no, no, kill him with an axe.
0: Yeah, he finds an a, like an emergency fire axe that's like full size.
1: He's he he would have basically just made turn Lex into a eunuch with the way Wait, he this is,
0: Yeah, he's aiming. This is the second time Lex has been threatened with an axe
1: with oh. a fire axe. Well, when was the first time?
0: Uh, the fake mom.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
0: It's the same thing. It's a fake fire axe. Or it's a fire axe that she's going after him with. And that's when Clark just, like, lets her hit hit him with it. But Clark decides to use x-ray power, sees this, and shoulder checks the train.
1: Yeah. And so then, it, then the sheriff and her deputies get aboard, and Lex says, it's still, it's, it's from... Oh, no,
0: you're skipping one little part, because Lex gets the gun. And basically sticks it in Paul's face and is like gonna pull the trigger and then decides not to, and I believe he just pistol whips him in the face,
1: yeah, and then when he's about to get yelled at or by the sheriff and her deputies, he says, if I recall it's still it's still legal in Kansas to make a assistance arrest, which that is something that today's people say will will completely forget. It's still probably illegal in most
0: places. It's just like you don't yeah, hear about just, it anymore.
1: Yeah, it's like oh, wow. Okay, okay, but. Um, but before they
0: leave, she warns Clark that there will be trouble if she catches him scooping around at any more police investigations. The next same, same with Lex. Yes. So the next day, Lana invites Andy to meet her at the town. She confronts him with the flat fact that she knows that he's taking his injuries,
1: and he she, he's he, like the idiot he is. Yeah, he or, throws
0: the cane away and basically goes to. Sexually assault her again.
1: Yeah, he literally says, "Let's go to the back back room and su- insert perversion here."
0: Yeah, he's basically like, "I know what you want, like you just can't say it." And then Lana beats the
1: crap out of him. She punches him, and then a pretty sweet. uh What's it? What's the correct term? Well, she kick? Kick,
0: Yeah, she like round ra- like roundhouse. Kicks. Oh, roundhouse kick. Yeah, like right in the gut. Yeah, yeah I he- can't. It, yeah, and he yeah, goes down.
1: He, no, he doesn't just go down. He falls, he breaks, he falls backwards, he, or he falls, he is kicked into the air and falls and breaks the table.
0: Yeah, and basically, so he drops the lawsuit on the condition that she won't tell anybody that he gets ass kicked by a girl.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is so dumb.
1: Yeah, it's very juvenile.
0: It's worth a million dollars? I don't know, it's still really dumb. Lana comes to the loft, tells Clark that she got him.
1: You could have sued her too and made more money.
0: Yeah. Um, Lana basically tells Clark that she got him to drop the um, the lawsuit, and that the sheriff told her that she has one hell of a kick. Uh, Or that's what the sheriff told Clark. And Clark thanks her and explains that she was just returning the favor.
1: And then he says, and he basically repeats what he was told by the sheriff. Mm -hmm. And Lana. What? I don't know. what type of, I forgot what type of face she made. She makes like a kind of smirky smile because she's proud of it. And then our last kind of thing in the episode
0: is we're at the mansion and Lex goes and finds Helen reading a book. And she's like, oh, I thought you had a board meeting. He says he canceled it for personal reasons. And that and tells...
1: This is the big moment.
0: Yeah, he tells her like he wanted to kill Paul, but he didn't. It wasn't because Clark stopped him. It was because he knew that she wouldn't want him to do it. And that is why he loves her. And Gets down on one knee. Yeah, he gets down on one knee.
1: And proposes.
0: Yep. And then she answers him with a kiss. And that is where we end this episode. So this was, I would say this was a very entertaining episode. There's a lot of stuff problematic in it, but it's still pretty entertaining. They do give Lana her kind of like...
1: They give Lana something to do where she's not just like emotionally abused.
0: Uh, And physically abused. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she kind of, like, takes her... She's not a victim. Or she is, but she takes it back. And she gets her, like, kind of powerful
1: moment. Just wait until next season when Lex is not right in the head and accidentally uh, puts Lana and, like, nearly kills Lana. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, like, compared to the last episode, I would give this one an A-. minus. Like, and I think of the characters, also, my MVP is Rosenbaum. I guess my LVP is Andy. Like, again, like the last episode, he's doing what he should be doing. It's just like a way it, it's, not,
1: it's It's not. It's not really believable. He's too over the top with it. Which is, that's exactly how he was in Stargate SG1.
0: So, like, yeah, I would say, so he's my LVP. Rosenbaum's my MVP. I'd give this episode a solid A minus. He's definitely, I would say, Andy's on. I would say he's giving like a solid six on the, um, oh my God, I just lost his name.
1: On the Coach Walt scale?
0: Yes. I was trying to think of the
1: actor. Um, oh, the Dan Lauria scale?
0: Yeah, the Dan Lauria scale. Yeah, he's given like a solid six. He's not full crazy, but he's just too over the top. Yeah. Um, so did you have anything differ in your MVP, LVP? What
1: would you grade this episode? Uh, my MVP was actually, uh, shockingly, the Sheriff. Because
0: oh, I actually don't mind that. I think she's awesome. In this,
1: yeah, she ends up being on the show from like for like from 2003 to 2008. Yeah, she's in like 20 something episodes. 23, I believe. Yeah, something like
0: that. So and
1: it, she, like, she went on to do others. She, like, she's done. Oh, a lot she's of, definitely
0: like a character actress,
1: and feels she feels like her character feels real. Where before it was with the Freak of the Week or the Meteor Freaks. It felt, it felt like, or. It felt cartoony
0: at times.
1: It felt like Superman, the Superman comics from.
0: Like the Silver Age. Yeah. Yeah, like it definitely felt like. Because she even says like, oh, like this Boys Town thing is over. Because in like a lot of the episodes, like it's mentioned multiple times. How Jonathan and the previous sheriff were buddies. Like they went to school together. Yeah, so I do think that's what it adds an interesting element to this town. And Clark doing stuff is like, oh, this is the first episode where Clark realizes he literally just like can't go doing whatever he wants. There are actual consequences because yeah, which is something
1: like, that Jonathan actually does say to him. Yeah, he's like, you just
0: can't go around like punching people. Like,
1: but if I my grade for, or if I had to give it a score, like a like a letter grade, uh, A solid A. And this yeah. is this can possibly be me be, being biased because Discovery comes out at, like as in at the time of recording this comes out in like six days. Oh
0: man, so many TV shows to watch.
1: So hey, it it could be a hell of a lot worse.
0: Yeah. Well, we have um, four more episodes of the show for the season, so only two more episodes of season two for us to talk about. like of us talking to our podcast. Um, so it's be interesting to get to season three and the ending of this season. And we'll probably be doing like another fun tweener episode for everybody watching another failed pilot that kind of <laughs> connects to this unit, like sort of connects to this tangentially, not as much as the Aquaman did. Um, but there's like a ton of great stuff coming out in like the DC TV stuff. know, Justice is out. Um, yeah. I think we could like sort of close this out.
1: By next month, uh, Doom Patrol will be out.
0: Yep. On the DC Universe app. Later
1: later in the fall, Swamp Thing will be out. Yep. Um, The seasons of all the
0: CW stuff will be finishing out. Uh, Lucifer, which is also tangentially connected, should be out on Netflix soonish for season four.
1: That reminds me, I still have to rewatch it. It's so good. Or or watch in general. The third season is so good. Um, Yeah, because Tom Welling.
0: Yes. So. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You're obviously listening to it. If you're hearing my voice right now, um, check out all the other phantom zone shows. Um, check it. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, all the podcast apps. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. Also the uh, subscribe to that too, because that's very important. Yeah. You know, hit the like button, the bell for notifications and also the, our partner, Podcast Emporium, what are you calling that? The Los Haro Podcasts uh, Empire. Empire. So we do a podcast over there too. So Phantom Zone, we do this show. We also do the comic show every Thursday, and then we're on the main podcast every once in a while. Los Haro, me and Alan, we do a show with Gary every other Thursday. Um, we're re-watching some cartoons or watching new ones. I'm sure we'll be doing a Justice one soon.
1: Yeah, because I looked at who wrote the episode. Have you watched uh, four, five, all three? 6?
0: No, I've not watched 4, four, five, and six yet.
1: Because I don't know how this how they did this, but Josh Falkoff actually wrote episode six. Oh. And the big thing, and the big and the thing, and the reason I'm like like feeling like oh shit about this is that he was supposed to take over Green Lantern Corps. The book or the cartoon, uh, or the movie. No, he was supposed. To, I'm talking about Green Lantern Corps after. P. Tomasi left the book in in, in like 2012, 2013. He was... He wanted to to kill off Jon Stewart. Oh, hell no. It's my second
0: favorite Green Lantern.
1: Well, it would have been a very impactful type of thing. It would have been
0: crazy impactful.
1: But DC or either DiDio, uh, Jim Lee, or Bob Harris outright said, or outright vetoed the idea. And he, he... It was around the time that he left um, James Robinson left. Gail Simone left, which I, if, I, if I remember, are also JH Williams and also JH Williams and Hayne Blackman left. Well,
0: that's awesome. Awesome. Um,
1: yeah, it's, and I I I haven't read that uh, his I Vampire series, but he did. I remember him doing I, I think he took he did some other stuff during the New 2 era before he left. Okay. Well, if you okay. like that uh, can I plug uh just some stuff that my LHG stuff?
0: Yes. That's what I was gonna say, like, well, if you want to hear more about all this stuff, go to Los Haro and Got check
1: out dot com.
0: Yep. Check out the other podcast Alan is on, Los Haro Games. Um they are doing gangbusters and Alan has some cool stuff coming out, like
1: uh By the time this goes up, my Resident Evil Two remake demo gameplay will be up, where I just did the thirty minutes and also snuck in our. Okay, Lou, do you know who Tofu is in Capcom lore? Yes, you get to play as him in Resident Evil Two. Ooh. Yeah, so I left. I decided to not to cut it off after, like I said, stop recording after that trailer. After the the trailer ended, so. That just uh, that, and every Thursday, my, uh, my Star Trek Evolution, which is my Star Trek Online LP that I'm working on, and I should be, and I maybe, and I'm thinking of stuff to write about so we can get more reviews. So
0: yeah. hopefully, I could join you on one of those playthroughs soon. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, don't forget to check out all that stuff and all the other goodness, and as well as all the other podcasts. There's a ton of them that are part of the Los Haro Network. So go to losharo.wordpress.com. And again, rate, review, subscribe, YouTube, iTunes, everything, all the things, five stars. And uh, thank you guys very much for listening. I'm Luke Gonzalez.
1: I'm Alan And this podcast stands for truth, justice, and the American way.